Yo, this place is big. We should split up finding Will. Said no one who survived a horror movie ever. Because as you know, in every horror movie, the first rule of survival is never leave your friends. So don't split up if you want to make it to the end. No, don't. Don't split up. Welcome back to the Don't Split Up Horror Podcast. This is episode number 28, and we are going to be doing a review of the new horror film in theaters right now, Lights Out. Lights uh, on. Lights on is how we're going to do it for this podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've never done one of our our current film podcast episodes before we're going to do a bunch of stuff up front that's spoiler free so if you haven't seen the movie and you want to know whether we think you should or not you can go ahead and listen and we'll give you a clear spoiler tag to know when to stop listening and then we'll do spoilers for the rest of the movie i'm jr foresteros i'm amanda foresteros i'm still shaking and i'm stacy silveri uh, so before we get into that, we have seen a couple of other things that are in theaters right now that we wanted to talk about. And the first of those is the new Netflix show, Stranger Things, which I didn't even know was coming out. And then all of a sudden, everyone on the internet was talking about how great it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Amanda and I have seen the first three episodes, and we're totally hooked. Definitely. I may or may not have binge-watched the entire season after you guys <laughs> text me and told me to watch it. <laughs> Uh, I haven't watched it yet, and like you, JR, I did not know anything about it until you guys just happened to mention, like, hey, have you heard about this, or have you watched it yet? So, Amanda has been telling people it's basically the X-Files meets 80s Spielberg, and I think that's a great uh, primer. Particularly for... Super 8. If Ooh, you've seen... I mean, I know Spiel... Spielberg didn't do Super 8, but like that kind E.T. of E.T. Super mm-hmm. 8, yeah. I've been saying E.T. meets the Goonies. Yeah, that's great too. So you get the idea of what it what it what it feels like. Uh, I didn't feel like you meant that, Jr. No, it's like '80s, right? '80s kids adventure, but there's definitely like a strong X Files vibe. Yeah, in it too. conspiracy, the evil government. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Ooh, I can't wait to watch that, guys. <laughs> Sold me. Uh, so Mo, you would say that the series ends well. It's not. It doesn't just start strong. No, I think it ends. Well, I don't. If I say anything, it's going to ruin something. Okay, great. Um, okay, but okay. I think the show is phenomenal. Okay, great. That's all we needed to know. So another movie that we have seen recently in theaters that I was a super big fan of, but there were all kinds of haters, is the new rebooted Ghostbusters franchise featuring all the females and Chris Hemsworth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you guys get a chance to see Ghostbusters? No. No. Not. Oh. I'm going to try and... In addition to watching Stranger Things, watch that today as well. Mo, are you not thrilled because you're so sad that you haven't seen it yet? Or are you one of the haters? I'm one of the haters. Oh, Mo. I don't under- I truly don't understand the haters because it's not like Ghostbusters is the greatest comedy of all time. Like, it's it's just a fun, fine movie. Feeling the hate. Oh, man. No, I mean, seriously. Like, is it even in your top five 80s comedies? Anything Murray is in my top five. But all there's like a million 80s. There's a million Murray's 80s comedies. Yeah, and they're all in my top five. Don't argue okay. with that logic. Okay, okay. Mm. I'm surprised. I think you'd really enjoy it if you gave it a chance. And Murray's in it. I, I plan to watch it. I'm, so there's a few reasons I'm a little sad. One, I love that Hollywood's trying to do this gender equality and everything. But if you're going to do a reboot, there's not always a need to completely flip everything. Um, 
I don't like Kristen Wiig, not even a little bit, even though I know you love her, JR. And I'm really sad that the original crew didn't get to remake Ghostbusters because of Harold Ramis's untimely death. And because Bill Murray flat out said he would never do another Ghostbusters movie. He's not a fan of sequels, which I appreciate about him, but I thought that they were in the talks of doing something. They were, and then he said, absolutely not, in no way ever. And so they said, well, okay, if we're going to do something new, let's do something new. I, I do trust what Bill Murray says, and if Bill Murray says no, then I say no. Okay, but then he gave his blessing by being a cameo part in this film. I support his first decision. He's getting old and addled. <laughs> oh I would love for you to go in with the lowest expect- expectations and get blown away. because I will, it was... I will still absolutely watch it, and I will give my unbiased review afterwards. And Clearly honestly, you're unbiased. I would recommend... Yep seeing it in theaters because I was a little bit concerned about the way the ghosts looked from the the previews like it looks really hokey however once you were actually in that world seeing it on the big screen I thought it was really really well done so it, I did hear a cool uh, interview on the radio with the MIT phys- or yeah physicist I was about to say physician um, that they use, like, whose laboratory they moved on to the set and how she kind of schooled them on, you know, like, things that would be relevant and, like, helping give some, you know, uh, some legitimacy to the characters. Uh, and that was pretty neat. Nice. That is cool. Well, let us know what you've been watching, if you've checked out Stranger Things or Ghostbusters or if you're excited, like Mo and I are, for Ash vs. Evil Dead Season 2. Uh, go to don'tsplitup.com or facebook.com slash don'tsplitup and uh, leave us your opinion there. But for now, let's start talking about Lights Out. Uh, so this film was written and directed by David Sandberg, and it was actually originally a 2-minute and 40-second short film that took the internet by storm. It actually won a Best Short Horror Film competition several years ago. Well-deserved. Well-deserved. <laughs> and uh, if you haven't seen if you haven't seen the the short, we'll link to it at facebook.com slash don'tsplitup and at don'tsplitup.com uh, to where you can go watch it. I would recommend watching it in as bright a room as possible. <laughs> uh, but essentially, it's a middle-aged woman who is going to bed, and when she shuts her light off, she sees the silhouette of a woman and then when she turns the light back on, the silhouette's gone. And she kind of keeps flipping the light off and on, and every time the light goes off, the silhouette is there. And then all of a sudden, one of the times she flips the light back on, it's moved to be right next to her. And that's kind of the, the, the premise for it. Uh, it's incredibly scary. It's shocking that it's only two and a half minutes long. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost unbelievable something. So that's actually how I get people to watch it. Mm-hmm. I tell them, yeah, it's, it's 150 seconds, and it's horrifying. And they say, that's not possible. Like, there's no way that something that's, you know, that short could be scary. And I say, mm-hmm. I, I dare you. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so they basically, this, this short film was so impressive that James Wan, who is the mastermind behind the Conjuring franchise, behind the Saw films, all of those, he decided to, to give this director a shot to produce a feature-length version of this movie. Uh, so... I, I, why why does the short scare us so much? Like, what did you find so scary about it, Mo? I never actually saw the short. Um, Ever? What? I really didn't want to invest my time into that. Um, (laughs) But it's only two and a half minutes. Yeah, I'm smarter than the average person, I like to think. (laughs) And I can be scared in well under 30 seconds. (laughs) Smart on you, Mo. What about you, Stacey? Why is it so scary? 
Um, I mean, I've always had a fear of the dark and the unknown and not being in control, and this is exactly that in two and a half minutes. Yeah, you described it perfectly. She's completely out of control. She tries to be in control, and it goes very, very badly. In When it's nighttime, everything looks different. There are shadows. You see things out of the, your peripheral. Oh, Yeah, man. everyone's had that experience where you're in a dark room, maybe even in your bedroom, and you see a person standing inside your closet or in the corner or whatever, and you finally work up the courage to turn the light on, and it's just a pile of clothes or it's just a hall tree or whatever. That is a large pile of clothes, JR. You need to do some laundry. <laughs> Maybe it's a person squatted on the ground, Mo. You never know. <laughs> and, uh, and then when you turn the lights back off, like that figure returns, and like your mind knows what it is, and if you work hard, you can even tell that, no, it's just that shape that you know, but there's that visceral part of you that knows that things change in the dark when the lights are out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. so, so so they turn this into a whole film, a, a whole uh, feature-length film, and I'm, I'm curious what your expectations were going into this movie, and maybe especially since uh, it's pretty hilarious, especially for you, Stacey, hilarious for us, uh, tell us maybe how your viewing experience was. Oh. Mine was horrible. (laughs) Horrible. Truly horrifying. So uh, I had to go see this movie alone. And not only did I have to see it alone, I walk in the theater and there's nobody in the theater, so I have to watch this entire movie alone. I did get the best seat in the house, which is kind of nice. You (laughs) You can scream without being judged. (laughs) What were your your expectations going in? Were you high hopes? Were you planning to be horrified? Like Um, what? So initially when I first heard, I was a bit nervous because I wasn't quite sure how they were going to improve the story from the short to the movie. Um, And then after seeing a preview or two, I was very excited and I knew it was going to be terrifying. And and it was. (laughs) See, my expectations were different. I loved the short so much that I was a little bit... I... I wasn't really anticipating the film because I thought that the short did exactly what it needed to do and I didn't necessarily need a backstory. No mm-hmm. offense, Mo. <laughs> I know. Um, to because it was truly horrifying. And then I saw a trailer and I was like, Oh, I'm I mean, no doubt it was scary. There were aspects of even just the trailer them themselves that was creepy, like the mannequins, those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. However, I was like, man, she keeps breaking her rules before we've even, like, we've we've seen the trailer. I was so annoyed. So I actually went into this film with super low expectations, but with high hopes because the Rotten Tomatoes reviews were saying it was sitting at, like, a 95% or something like that before we went in. So, um, yeah, so I kept my expectations low, and I ended up being pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. What See, about I you? I have not seen the short and I was skeptical going in. The previews looked horrifying. Uh-huh. In the back of my head, all I could keep thinking was like, well, this is easy. Just keep the lights on. Like, why Why aren't you just keeping the lights on? Mm-hmm. And I felt like the movie just did a pretty good job of tackling all the reasons why this was being allowed to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's what made it truly horrifying. I mean, it was, the, the premise itself was terrifying, but the way everything unfolds and the plot comes out, uh, it allowed it to be even scarier. Yeah, and there's something about how the film, you know, get, the film does get to cheat a little bit, because you're right, Mo. Like, I would just go, like, 
I would just go to a 24-hour Walmart. <laughs> right, just like, yeah. like, right, whatever. I don't care. Like, I'll just, you know, or like a there's, you know, we have gas stations here that are 24 hours. Like, I that's I would do that. But the obviously the film cheats because it wants us to go to that place where it knows that we don't live in that movie. We live in the place where all of us are going to go home and turn the lights off and go to bed. Yeah, and that's like that's where it wants to live with us. So, um, and I think I there there was a really great essay I read by film critic Hulk, who's a persona that a film critic uses, and he pointed out that films don't have to maintain logical coherence as long as when they break the rules, it's for a really clear story-motivated reason, and I think this is a great example of that. Like, there's probably a hundred little ways we could say, well, yeah, but, but you don't feel those in the moment. It's like once the film's over and you're looking back, you go... Oh yeah, wait a second. And that's why those articles and like the honest trailers and things are so fun because it's fun to look back at a movie you had a lot of fun with and go, oh yeah, okay, I guess it is kind of silly when you start picking it apart. But you don't feel that when you're in the moment in the film, right? No, that's because you're too busy gripping your knees. <laughs> <laughs> I also had pretty low expectations because I loved the short. Uh, a lot of the same things Amanda said. I just I didn't know how they were going to get a whole feature-length film out of this. Um, in the trailer, there were several moments that it looked like the film was going to be inconsistent and just relying on uh, rule-breaking jump scares to get cheap thrills, and you, you all know how much of a fan I am of those. Uh, but I actually, yeah, I actually thought the film overall was really strong. I mean, I left, uh, I left in the moment, like as soon as the credits started rolling feeling great and everyone filed out of the theater the theater people accidentally turned the light the overhead lights on in the theater and they were on for a few minutes and then they shut them back off and i was like oh that's oh. just that's mean that's so mean <laughs> too soon too soon i was yeah. gonna say I, I sat through all the credits i wasn't moving until they turned those lights on <laughs> so no i mean yeah again overall i thought i thought it was a fun movie and actually as i slept on it i woke up actually having more issues with it, which we'll get into in spoilers, but I enjoyed it. I would say overall, I would I would recommend it. If you're looking for a good, scary movie this summer, uh, I think you'll be pleasantly surprised by how well this one does the job. I concur. And they kept the film short, too. They really didn't try to add things that they didn't need to add to it. Um, it was very concise, and I thought you know that helped a lot as well. I think sometimes they string it along too long, and then all of a sudden you get these plot pieces that really just didn't deserve to be in the film. Yeah, I really felt, I, I mean, I would definitely recommend it as well. Uh, however, if you want to save money and time and energy, I guess just watch the short and you'll be probably just as scared. Um, and, you know, supporting the short is a big deal as well. Anyway, so, but my issue is that I walked in, so there are some scary movies that I can walk into and I'm not tense the entire time. And then afterwards I'm like, whew. I need a massage. That was that was brutal. This is one of those movies where the entire time I just was bracing myself for things to happen because it kept being dark outside and it yeah, kept you, you know you things never kept knew going when it was safe. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So yeah, I I would recommend it overall. I was I was pleasantly surprised as I mentioned before. Um, I would definitely recommend it as well. However, I would not recommend going to it by yourself. <laughs> somehow, somehow bribe somebody to go with you because going by yourself is not fun. And it makes the movie, a scary movie, already that much more terrifying. 
We uh, we had a father of the year in our theater who brought like a four or five year old to the oh movie. Who like? Yeah, we were in a packed theater. Yeah, and the 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 child shockingly cried and begged to be taken out of the theater through the entire first thirty minutes until the guy finally left. <laughs> we were like, "You're the worst parent ever." Yeah. <laughs> he, he will pay for that over the next 15 years when his child never sleeps at night again. Yeah. 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 I wanted to walk back there and just get in his face and be like, seriously? <laughs> you should have. That was a really good idea. Yeah. Ugh, people. So, uh, any, any other overall thoughts before we jump into spoilers? No, I give it two thumbs up as far as being scary. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, let's get into spoilers for Lights Out, starting right now. Don't split up. So let's talk about Diana. Uh, first of all, I really thought one of my favorite little little moments in the movie was the flashback scene to when she was a girl and Diana steals her drawing mm-hmm. and, but changed it. I love that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I... I thought in general the idea that this ghost was possessive to a very unhealthy point of the mother was a really interesting twist on the horror film yeah I thought so too mm-hmm. she was she was terrifying as a little girl she was terrifying as an adult ghost Ugh. yeah well and, and I feel typically <clears throat> with any ghost it they don't show any sort they don't like anybody. They're after everybody. It doesn't matter who they are. But this one she obviously has like the, the preference towards the mom. She wants the mom. She, she was quote unquote nice to the mom. I thought it was interesting though, especially now that we're in spoilers, that she felt like she could break the rules now while we were in this movie universe. Whereas before obviously she had gotten in the middle of, you know, the mom's family and it either killed the husband or drove him away or whatever it was that ended up happening um, but didn't kill the daughter you know she if she broke those rules with the husbands or with the boyfriends or whatever she could have broken the rules with the kids and that would have just caused what do you mean break the rules like Maria Bello's character said you aren't allowed to hurt my kids you're never allowed to hurt my kids but all that would have done is drive her even more insane than she already was, drive her deeper into a depression. So why didn't she just try to kill the kids when, you know, the, the girl was I think younger? Diana realized that was her breaking point. Right. And I think with the Maybe. first husband, I don't know that it was clear that Diana had got rid of him. It, she made it look like he ran it's, off. I feel like it certainly wasn't clear until she specifically said to the yeah, father, I'll like, you I'll... Where I put your father. Yeah. Well, and she only hurt people when they tried to make the mother start taking her medication. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Because that would have eliminated Diana, and so the kids weren't like when you know when Rebecca was a little girl, she wasn't going to be trying to get her mom on meds. Yeah, it was but daddy as, probably. As soon as, as soon as the kids start trying to interfere, is when they come under attack. I guess that's true. So, and same thing with this with stepdad, right? It was the same thing. <laughs> it was he starts investigating, he starts figuring out who Diana is, and that there's some there's some deeper problem here, and that's when he gets killed. And I and I almost feel like. Especially with the drawing of the daughter, she she wanted to almost be friends with them as well. Like she wanted the friends to be part of like their little family, I guess you could call that. Yeah. So I think that's why she didn't break the rules. And I feel like she didn't really break too many rules 
with the legs either. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like there wasn't any point in time where she was in the light at all. Uh, the one time was when the police officer directly shined his flashlight on her and then got he got snatched through the doorway. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That was the one time that it was, like, clearly, explicitly, like, a breaking of the rule. Well, you assume. She could have been on the ceiling again. That's true. I mean, he was snatched directly forward, so... Unless you know. she rigged up an elaborate pulley system with a grappling hook. <laughs> Diana, I mean, that sounds like something she would do. <laughs> yeah, that's classic Diana. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the one place I, in the in the in the trailer, the one place that I was really annoyed, even more than that, was when she when the girl uh, the daughter grabs the shovel and the hand reaches out. But what what we figure out in the movie that that was a black light right. and mm-hmm. that the black light. I mean, they established that she was visible in black light. Which so I, I, I enjoyed that twist. Yeah, being able to see her and, and they oh, didn't ever God, actually she was so scary. They didn't ever actually end up using that for any reason. Mm-hmm. She was just like, Oh good, now we can see her coming. And I was oh that's interesting. They're gonna well, lay, lay a trap or something and nope, they did not. I, th- I think it had to do with her like in the basement finding all of like the writing on the wall so you could kind of like yeah. get in her head more or less. But that didn't that didn't add any new information. What did you learn from seeing that that you didn't already know? That she's I a think, creepy, creepy, I think it was just scary person. You didn't already know that she was creepy, crazy, and scary. <laughs> no, I think it was just a little bit more confirmation for the daughter that this person was really like hunt, like preying on her mother, and like it was more the fact that you know her mother wasn't necessarily to blame for all these things she'd been piling on her. No, I, I don't I don't disagree with any of that. I'm just saying that there was then a, a line in the script that was explicitly now we can see her, we know where she is and when she's coming, which which to me implied that there's going to be some kind of Pay way off. pay off to that. Like they're going to trap her or do something, and and that never happens. Like well, there's she, never... she attempted upstairs, didn't she? Take the black light with her upstairs, and then yeah. she burns the arm when she closes her in the door. Like she, yeah. I think she was trying to. Right. I, I mean, I kind of agree with. You. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate here, but I think she tried to. She just didn't work out for and, it. Didn't quite get there. In screenwriting, this is called Chekhov's gun. Uh, there's a Russian playwright named Chekhov who said, if there's a gun placed on the mantle in Act One, it should be fired in Act Three which basically says if you put something in your script, it needs to pay off. This is a great example of them putting something explicitly in the script that did not pay off. If she had not had the black light, or if black light had not made you be able to see Diana, that would not have changed anything that happened in the film in any way. Mm, maybe the little brother saving her. How? Like when? When? She, when she was in the basement, and yeah. she like, turned around and scared her, and she was like trying to run out, and she like was creeping through the shelf. Right. He grabbed her and was pulling her, and like, right. she realized, like, the black light, and then the little brother out of nowhere came in and saved her. Right, so if she'd been screaming, he still would have come in with the light. Mm, touche. I concede. <laughs> I, I just, I was, that was something I really wanted to pay off. I, I said, oh, this is a clever innovation to the light thing. It's like a, a way to cheat with the light, and that's fine. Like, I'm okay with that, because it's black light, and they found it in a box of Halloween stuff, which is, when you use black lights, it was all really carefully constructed, and then it literally didn't do anything. And I was like, whoa, what, why did we bother? It, it, again, it seems like they had a different idea for how the movie was going to end that involved the black light trap that then they just scrapped in favor mm-hmm. of an ending that I actually found deeply problematic. I agree. So I was, I was just like, I was disappointed. It was predictable, I feel like, as well. Yeah, before, before we get to the ending, can we talk about the backstory more? Because I thought it was stupid and unnecessary. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Not surprising. Yeah. 
she had a disease that made her allergic to light, and then they tried a quote-unquote light treatment that vaporized her. So was she a vampire? Or I don't know. Like, yeah. I I found that whole part just to be weird and forced. I think they could have left it more ambiguous and just said she had this weird friend that was sensitive to the light, and through testing, you know, she died. Well, they, didn't have mean, to, they didn't have to show those whole her fading away like a vampire under like halogen lights and or something. And also, like, so all of that, right? Now, bracket that all off. Even before all of that, she was psychic, maybe? Sort yeah, of? She could get also, heads. Yeah. So Why you had, like, ten, like, this girl was, like, ten different kinds of weird and unique that were all in one girl, and I... I count two, well, but that's alright. I feel like the, the light thing kind of did have... The back of a, a play, I guess. The dad, you know, she was found locked in a basement after 13 years. Like, of course, you're going to be sensitive to light. The mind control thing, that was a little forced, I feel like. But the light thing kind of makes sense. If you're locked in a basement for 13 years, you might not want to go out into the light. But then you saw the blood on the walls that the dad wrote. He had killed himself. And... He had killed himself and said something like, she's in my head or something ridiculous like oh, yeah. that. So it was like a double. <clears throat> Thing. And again, not not liking to go outside is different from like the light burns your skin whenever it touches you. I, I just saying I didn't need all of that for it to just be a ghost. Um, I don't know. And I all the other thing is <laughs> this movie is like I can't wait for someone to do a scene by scene of how this is exactly like the ring. <laughs> we have like the creepy kid who knows things about ghosts, and then you have the mom. Um, this time it was like a mom and a daughter, but then you have the little girl, the bad things happened to her, but she was also already evil, and maybe that's why the bad things happened to her, and now she's like out for revenge. I don't know. I thought that was funny. I she has long black that. hair and looks really <laughs> scary. Yeah. I didn't make that connection, but now that you mention it, I feel like they're <laughs> pretty close. They're pretty close movies. Maybe they were just inspired by the ring, and that's what happened. Paying, paying homage, yeah. Yes. That's what you yeah. said. You're paying exactly. homage to it. <laughs> Uh, but you guys like the backstory overall? I I mean, I kind of agree with you. I think they went a little too in detail. This is one where it could have been more ambiguous, like I was saying before. Um, but I enjoyed having that, like the daughter stumbling mm-hmm. on it. It tied the stepdad into it and everything. It, it just kind of it furthered that plot line as far as how the mother's been preyed on for, you know, this however many years at that point in time. Um, so I felt like it was necessary to an extent. But the whole, yeah, she's got these psychic powers on top of, uh, it, where they lost me was the whole light testing thing. Like, a, <laughs> see, uh, I guess what I what I would have something that would have been a lot more straightforward and simple would have been so this girl had these like weird light power or this light sensitivity thing. Her father killed himself in front of her, and she was like trapped alone with his body. So she is pretty crazy, and she has these like abandonment issues. She ends up in this mental health facility where she meets this little girl who also has mental health issues, and this is like the only person who's ever been nice to her. And now yeah. she has a friend, and she's promised never to leave her. But then the little girl gets better, and she's taken like she is made to leave. Mm-hmm. 
And then this little girl has some kind of weird experiment. Fine, I'm fine with a weird experiment, right? We're watching yeah, a movie, like, whatever. And weird it's experiment. an asylum. They're, like, inherently creepy, and right, in every movie right, they're right. doing things they're not supposed to. So. so so weird experiment. The girl gets killed, and now she's now she's a ghost, period. Like, she doesn't need to be psychic. Like, it's, I'm watching a ghost movie. I'm fine with someone died, now they're a ghost. Like, that's, like, a basic rule of how ghosts happen, right? Mm-hmm. And so now there's, like, now she has abandonment issues, and she's focused on this little girl that was her friend, and now it's like, yeah, anyone who does anything to try to take her friend away again, she's going to kill. I'm like, that's... That's enough. That's enough, and it's so much more clear and concise and straightforward than she was already evil and she had psychic powers and, you know, all this other stuff. Um, And to me, then, it also makes the ghost more sympathetic. Like, I never felt bad for Diana. No. No, no. But if all of a sudden this is a ghost that has, like, abandonment issues and she's just, like, fighting back the only way she knows how for her friend, I'm much more interested in that story because... Now I feel bad for her. I almost feel like they tried to play that up a little bit when they're doing the family dinner and the mom is saying to the daughter, well, you left me in like yeah. the worst time. And then the mom's like, I can't do that to her. I feel like right. they, they try to draw on the sympathy, but, you know, she's crazy. So you yeah, it was, And it, it was too convoluted. I mean, you, that, that was – they did so much with Diana's backstory that that one clear note couldn't ring out. Mm-hmm. It was like drowned out by all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that's that's why it didn't really work for me, and I, I just wish they would have done it a little better. Um, but I, I don't know, Stacy, talk talk a little bit about the mental health stuff because you know before the show when you and I were just kind of hanging out, you, you said that that was something that really bothered you too. I it just the way the beginning of it I was you know fine with it, but just the way it ended with spoiler the mom killing herself, like I just I just felt like that was predictable and an easy way out where we were talking about like the Babadook where in that movie, they just learned to live with it and manage and deal this one. She, you know, just like offed herself. And I, I just wasn't happy with it. That's, it paints a picture of mental health that I don't want to be painted personally. Yeah, because especially if you have mental health issues in your family, there are a lot of people who do choose to leave, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they just say, no, I'm out. It's too hard. And they just leave. And that was such a theme of the movie. Every, everyone said it like 10 times. You left, you left, you're back, you're back, you stayed, you stayed, whatever. Mm-hmm. And for everyone to decide to stay and fight and then the answer is, well, don't worry, the mentally ill person just killed themselves. Yeah. Was 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 not a resolution to that issue that most people are able to uh, experience, and certainly not one that is the best case scenario. And no. I think, especially in our culture right now, with mental health being, I mean, many of the people who are committing acts of violence are mentally ill. And so to, again, to present this as something where it's like, well, the best solution is just to, like, have the mentally ill person die. See, uh, I didn't. I did not get the image that that was the best solution. Um, I felt like that mother finally had this lucid moment, and she felt she was being protective, and that was her only way to ensure that her children never had to deal with this in the future. felt like she was trying to make up for the mistakes she made, whether they were her fault or not, you know, due to her illness. You know, she'd kind of been subject to this for years, and it was almost like, all right, this is my option. Like, she had tried – she got lucid. She realized her kids were being hurt. She tried to take her medicine. She was stopped from that. Um, and so I think she just felt like her back was pressed up to the wall. She tried to shoot it. You know, she was confronting the demon, uh, or ghost, Diana. And then she's like, you know what? You're right. I can't hurt you, but I can't hurt me. And that ends you. Um, 
So, like, I understand what you guys are saying, but I felt, like, the abruptness to that and just the fact that you had brought back the daughter, the son had been trying to save her, I thought that added to the horror. I mean, it was okay. I just would have rather seen her stand up to Diana and basically say no. Like, and go away. Send her away. Because Especially if Diana is, again, metaphorically, really her mental illness. And it's her mental illness is what is destroying this family and driving away spouses and hurting her children and all that. You know, if it's much, again, much like the Babadook, right? And and the answer is, you're not allowed to run my life anymore. I'm going to run my life, and you're going to be something that I deal with. Mm-hmm. And I, I also don't like how you mentioned, like, she didn't take her medication. Like, medication isn't necessarily the solution to that yeah. mental health either. Like... It can be sometimes, but it's... Agreed, but... Well, and they definitely had a dig on counseling earlier in that because the daughter says to the mom, hey, mom, have you gone to a counselor? And, of course, the mom is like, I'm not going to go to some stranger and talk to them about my problems. Like, I don't know if that was the movie trying to say, no, counseling is actually a good thing and it can help you and assist you in working through your issues, or if they were just... Anyway, if... It's really hard to convince someone who has mental health issues to mm-hmm. do anything about it, to, to fix themselves. I, I think a much more effective and creepy ending would have been showing, like, the whole family living in the house, and Diana kind of has her own room that has all the curtains drawn or the windows even boarded up or something like that, and that's just, like, Diana's part of the family, and they just have to, like, learn how to deal with her being there. Mm. Yeah. I would think I would have liked that as well. Yeah, right, Mo? <laughs> no, I would have gone to live at Rebecca's house. <laughs> but, no, but like Rebecca came back. I mean, that's part of the that's part of her arc, right? Is she realized that she can't just leave? Yeah. I liked your first rewrite, Jr. I hate your second. <laughs> and that she could bond with her by listening to Avenge Sevenfold and all of these like dark, horrifying. <laughs> Scary metal band. Yeah, Rebecca's like, I know Satan metal. Don't you worry, Diana. We're going to be good friends. (laughs) And Diana can scratch out rhythms on the floor. Oh, yeah, that's just so good. So what was your your favorite scare? Oh, I'm going to go first. Sorry, because it scared me to death. I wanted to run out of the theater. And I couldn't because I was the only one in there and it was dark. (laughs) <laughs> um, <clears throat> when the mom and the little boy Martin are having the movie night and the mom turns the lights off and immediately you're like oh god something's coming and then you, she's telling him the story and you see in the background you see her slowly creeping up the next thing you know she's on the couch and she like touches the little boy and then he just runs and turns the lights on I thought I was going to like pass out I was so scared in that moment like I didn't know what to do like yeah. <clears throat> it was truly horrifying for me worst parent ever yeah well because yeah she gets up she gets up and you're like oh well I know what she's gonna go do oh she's turning the lights off so Diana can come watch the movie with them well I had like I was completely misdirected like the son says that make that little comment where he's like sometimes you got to confront your fears and or sometimes the strongest thing you can do is confront your fears and the mom's like you're absolutely right and she gets up and she looks loose and you're like man maybe she's gonna finally go tell Diana like screw off and that's what's gonna set this ghost off (laughs) No, that's not what she was doing. Oh, man. Um, let's see. For me, worst scare. I mean, even though... Best scare. 
Yes. Okay. Worst as in, like, it horrified me the most. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, whatever. It's fine. Um, even though it wasn't super well done, it would make me never want to have to go, my feet go anywhere near being underneath a bed is when the kid gets ripped underneath the bed. So scary. Well, and I like how they played that up before when the girl first um, realizes Diana's back or whatever, and she's like scouting all the dark spots of the room uh, when they're at her place, Rebecca's. You remember? Uh huh. Yeah. And so then when he gets dragged under the bed, you're like, oh yeah, Rebecca knew that was possible. Silly mm-hmm. boy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mine was uh, was when the boyfriend is actually finally running from Diana. And he keeps running into light spaces and then back into dark spaces. And so the what finally he gets he's running and there's like a little archway outside the house, and he runs under it and she like clotheslines him and well, then she clotheslines him beforehand <laughs> and then drags him into it. That that whole well scene yeah that's what I mean awesome. right. She's like she keeps him like she keeps him just in that little narrow shadow and then he grabs his car keys and turns his headlights on. Brilliant. Like, just, mm-hmm. and that's one of the things, I mean, you know, one, Stacey, I think it was you that said you weren't sure you wanted a longer movie. And what I loved about this is they did so many creative light games. Uh, the muzzle flash from the gun, where yeah. she keeps, like, strobing so in and out. That was phenomenal. And the headlights on the car. I mean, just so, you, when you think about even his cell phone light, right, mm-hmm. and how the, mm-hmm. the screen goes out, and then she grabs it and smashes it. You think about how many light-creating devices we have around us all the time by virtue of our technological world, and they used, like, every single one of them mm-hmm. in some really creative, fun way. Uh, so I, I really I appreciated mean, it. And even with the candles. Like, I thought I liked that as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was I so, was... We can get into that in the worst. I was uh, so scared of them his... blowing them out. Yeah. The boyfriend scene was my favorite scene. It wasn't my favorite scare, but... I, that guy was so clutch, and <laughs> at a time where I would have just pissed myself and died. Like, <laughs> and he asked no questions ever. No. He was just blindly following everything that Rebecca yeah. said, did whatever. Who gets smacked across the room and thinks I should get my phone out real quick? This chick's mm-hmm. coming back. And then who is being about to be body slammed after getting clothesline? It's like I should turn these car lights on. That guy was a genius. Kudos mm-hmm. to him. <laughs> Um, what was your best scare, though? It was the opening one when the warehouse with uh, the woman, and she keeps flicking the light off and on. Like that was the moment. Like I was like, now I understand why Amanda said she was tense the whole movie. I'd already <laughs> pulled my feet up off the floor, and I was literally watching. And I was like, why do you keep turning the light off? Why do you keep turning the light off? And I just chanted that over and over and so over again. That's it's interesting, Mo, because that is essentially the short. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I kind of assumed, but. And that one, that actress is the actress that was in the original short film, so that oh, was a cool. nice, Super cool. yeah. So yeah. I, I just think it's interesting that you thought that was your favorite because I think for the rest of us we were like, oh, we like we've already seen, we've this, seen this, right? Like this was the short, mm-hmm. uh, this was the short that we all loved. So no, even yeah. having seen that in the previews, it was like the most chilling part of the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought every time Diana stood up, the way her body moved was very scary, mm-hmm. like and yeah. her fingers too, kind of like disjointed the way and everything. Yeah. Um, Another thing, I was going to say, another thing that I thought was kind of scary and plays on, like, the depiction of the mom's mental health is when she keeps saying, like, the three of us to Martin. Or, like, we. 
like that the first time she did that 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 really scared me and it's, it's like a signal to the little boy like something is really wrong right now like mm-hmm. it's not just the two of you it's the three of us like so, actually i guess i should dial back I, this might be tied for a scariest scene because i saw this with a buddy of mine chris and the part where the boy goes and talks to the mom because he hears the noise and the mom's like, it's okay, we're, we're just going to go to sleep now, or something, and Diana's hand comes on the door as it turns. <laughs> Me and Chris both, like, just slowly turn to each other, with literally mouth dropped, like, jaw dropped, like, it opened as wide as we could and just stared at each other, and we're like, she's the worst mom ever. Like, <laughs> like, neither of us saw that coming. We saw this as a movie where it was, like, attacking the family or something, and when you get that moment of realization that it's with the mother... But, I mean, neither of us could believe it. It like said, it just set an entirely new tone for the film. Yeah. All right. What was your least favorite part of the movie, or the worst scare? Their lack of preparedness. <laughs> Both. Okay. This girl has been through it before. The son is aware. Obviously, the lights bother this ghost, and they show up with a crank light that they keep letting run out. Like, there is no rule that says the crank light has to run out before you crank it again. And I cannot believe how many times they let it die. I also wish, I feel like there wasn't much payoff there, because as you're cranking it, you know, you're waiting for the light to come back on. Like, if she would have grabbed them and them having to, like, crank it and then shine uh, it in front of her, there, there was never that moment. And then candles, I agree with you, Amanda. I heard you say earlier you were afraid they were going to blow them out. Like, yeah, what, every just, time. Even the kid walking was, like, blowing it out. And then he takes a six-foot dive and manages to... Uh, candles in the crank light really irritated me. <laughs> See... I'd, I'd partially agree, but what bugged me was the trap in the basement. Like, really? That, I, that just didn't work for me at all. I will have to say, when she first started going down in the basement, I was like, what are you doing? And then the oh, fuse yeah. box was down there, and I was like, oh, okay. I said like, the same okay. thing, and my buddy's like, she's clearly going for the breakers. And I'm like, yeah. yes, that makes sense, but yeah. still. But they didn't show that at first. I mean, it was they just show her going down in the basement. Yeah. And then they then they panned around to the breaker box, and I was like, okay, okay, okay. Well, and then when the power goes off, they all split up. It's like, why don't you guys go find each other first, and then walk around together? Well, she did. She she went downstairs and tried to find her boyfriend, and he had gone outside. Well, I'm more mad at him for that. <laughs> <laughs> but he was Mr. Fix-It. He was trying to figure – he was a crafty yeah. one, that man. And he was smart. Like, he didn't go to the basement. He's like, how far does this power outage run? Yeah. Uh, whereas she bailed on her brother again. Not cool. I like she I left him in the light. Did she? What? Two candles? It was enough. <laughs> candles were enough to keep her away. They established that. I like when that little boy gives her a piece of his mind. Don't yeah. you need me? Never. Never again. <laughs> yeah. I did love that. Oh, man. That I little boy for... is the toughest kid ever. <laughs> yeah, he is really tough. And, man, I felt so sorry for him at the beginning when he was just, like, pulling the covers up to his face and, you know, tears are welling up in his eyes. Oh, man, I felt so bad for him. I, I will say this. When did – or I'll ask this. When did kids stop screaming? There's a million times in this movie where I would have screamed for help, <laughs> but they would just, like, sit there in fear or explore their dark, terrifying closet where some creature was clawing on something, like – uh, I would have screamed. He was a brave kid. Yes. He was quite brave. Well, um, I, I was going to say, I think he knew his mom was There's nobody to help him. Like, obviously the mom is in on everything with Diana. What What is she really going to do for him? So That's probably he, true. He kind of had to be there for himself. Mm. I think for me, the worst 
um, kind of my worst moment of the film was just I felt like there were way too many inconsistencies with what the ghost could or could not do. And again, maybe that's just because I've had a little bit of time to reflect. But she could make lights go out sometimes, but not always. She could, you know, jump through the fireplace and snuff out the flame, the heater. I don't know. Um, Did she, she jump through that so much as drop stuff on it? I was confused as to what happened to that scene. I thought I'm not sure. I thought she just sent. I thought she just sent like a surge, a gust of wind, and made it all go out. It was. It looked like something fell on it, but whatever. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I I just felt like a lot of those things uh, didn't match up for me. I mean, obviously they were still very scary, made me very tense the entire time, but. Um, I, I just felt like she broke too many rules. And for me also, or maybe just the rule, not that she broke the rules, but that the rules were inconsistent for her. Um, and another thing that JR and I were talking about as we were walking out of the film was I was irritated how the daughter was able to stumble upon all of the research really easily. I didn't, I didn't really connect the fact that the stepfather had been doing all of the research before, but I just couldn't, like, the the playing of the tape was very hokey to me. Again, very scary, but also pretty hokey uh, to get some of the backstory. All of these random files and stuff, I don't know. It was, it was I, f- I feel like we could have gotten that story more organically. See, I, I, didn't, I didn't think she really broke that many rules. I mean, she could... They alluded to the fact that she could somewhat kind of mess with, like, a light or a room's light. Like, she does it in the bathroom. Or a whole house of lights. A whole block. A whole block. We, we can't officially say that that was not just coincidence. Uh-huh. That's where I have the issue, because it there is no coincidence there. Um, she definitely did it. But with the, but with the information, I mean, the dad, the stepdad, that's the reason he got killed, was that he was yeah. invested. So I, it didn't bother... I actually thought it was a pretty clever piece of writing because normally she would have like uncovered something at a dress at her mom's house and then gone to this asylum and there's an old guy across the street that's like I remember when they used to do the experiments and the lights would flash and like all that kind of stuff and instead it was like no another character who died because of what he was doing had assembled all of this and then she finds it in her dad's office and it like, was a character who made sense to have that information. He was not only her husband, but he was a you know therapist or counselor on his own. It's yeah. Like, With mannequins in his warehouse. Yeah, I was a little <laughs> confused by that. Was he actually I thought a therapist he was, or not? No, no, I thought that he was like a fashion designer or That's something. No, he was just doing some research. Like production. Stuff. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I actually didn't bother me. I was I compared especially to... Um, the last movie we saw in the theaters uh, that we reviewed, I'm trying to... Uh, what was it? Gosh. Whichever one it was where they, they have to go... On, yeah, it wasn't that one then, because they have to go on the internet, and they do a search, and they find all of this stuff on the internet. Oh, then that's been a while back. Yeah, I can't even remember. Oh, it was... No, it was uh, that Kevin Bacon movie. Kind? Oh, no. What was it called? I don't remember. Oh, my gosh. It was so dumb. The, it was the Native Americans watch. and all that. that. Was really bad. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Darkness? The darkness, yeah. I mean, so in that one, like, literally there are apparently these web pages that exist on the internet that tell you the whole plot of the movie you're in. Mm-hmm. It's magical. <laughs> um, and, and so compared to something like that, like, I felt like this was a much less clunky information dump than something like that. Uh, uh, and again, it was explained inside of the film, so. 
I liked it. I thought it played well. Like I said earlier, I think the only thing was they did go a little too far with the backstory. That's maybe the last time you'll ever hear me say that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mark it down. Don't split up, listeners. <laughs> the first and the last. Uh, but no, I thought everything else was pretty organic. Uh, mine was I didn't appreciate... I actually hated the under-the-bed thing. Um, really? Because I didn't understand the rule for Diana. Apparently she can teleport because that scene had clearly established that she was inside the closet. And, and that she cannot move when the lights are on. And so somehow they flip the closet light on, she stops scratching, and then in the very next moment, he's being dragged under the bed. And so I, I just, I was like, wait a second, if she can just teleport wherever she wants, then there's literally, like, there, she, we, can't, we can't be scared of, ev- we have to be scared of everything at every moment all the time, and it doesn't matter whether you have a flashlight or not. If you shine a light on her, then she can just teleport behind you and grab you. Yeah. What's the darkness? She's she. But I, but they didn't they didn't play the whole movie <laughs> that way. Nice, a good attempt. <laughs> I mean, like like <laughs> when they're shooting the gun at her and the muzzle's flashing, like she's only moving towards them when it's dark. Why didn't she just teleport behind him and grab him? Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah. And I just I would have appreciated it more if the film was a little bit more insistent on rules. Like, why don't they just open the closet and find something scary scratched inside that's going to, like, give us a deeper sense of foreboding, instead of having him get grabbed and half-dragged under the bed, which doesn't end up having any consequences, because she just pulls him back out. And then, like, nothing happens anyway. And so. he doesn't even have any scratches on right. his leg yeah, or anything. Like, Meanwhile, so, okay. the stepdad had, like, <laughs> gashes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So if you're not... If, if, if it's just a startle scare for the sake of a startle scare, why don't you do something that's going to scare us in a different way that's going to, like, deepen our dread or something? I don't know. Like, that, that was my worst. I was also a little irritated when Diana was able to pick Rebecca up by her necklace and hang her from the ceiling. That was like the world's toughest necklace ever. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was necklace or hair or what, but she was hanging up there an awful long time. Made me think of how the mom took all the light bulbs out of the house. Whew. Yeah. 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 That was scary. That was was real mean. All right, well, we are about out of time for this episode. We would love to hear what you thought of Lights Out. Uh, you can let us know at don'tsplitup.com or at facebook.com slash don'tsplitup. Uh, the next in-theaters film we're going to review is coming up at the end of August. It's called Don't Breathe, and it's about a blind guy in a house. Uh, if you haven't seen the trailer for that, make sure to check it out. But for our next episode, we're going to steal an idea from a podcast called The Canon, and we're going to compare the John Carpenter classic The Thing with the Jeff Goldblum classic, The Fly. And I guess I should have said the Kurt Russell classic, The Thing, since I'm doing actors. But um, (laughs) these are two landmark horror films that came out in the 80s. They they have a lot of similarities, and one is even technically an alien movie. Uh, So that kind of keeps us with our our alien throwback films a little bit, kind of. So um, in between now and next time, make sure you get to watch those films so you can listen along with us. Thank you, as always, for listening. Uh, We'll be back soon with another great episode of Horror Goodness. And in the meantime, whatever you do, don't split up. And keep the lights on. (laughs) (laughs) Join J.R., Stacey, Amanda, and Mo to discuss blood, guts, horror, and gore. In our podcast, Don't Split Up, where we discuss horror movies and how